Hi and welcome. We're so excited that you chose to join us today. And we hope that this message will inspire you to live the life that God designed you to live. For this message or others like it, you can go to our website or you can find us on our YouTube channel. Now sit back, relax, enjoy this message. I was just reminded during worship of a, a powerful statement that Pastor Steve made last week. And he said this, that the kingdom of God is voice activated in your life. And, um, you know, um, I'm old enough to remember when, when we first got automatic garage door openers. And, and you drive up to your garage door, um, and, and this was really neat at that time, and you'd push that button and, and it'd make this beeping sound. And that would make that door go open. And that lets you in to enjoy everything that was in your house. You know, that's the way the kingdom of heaven is. Your, your voice opens the door for you to come in and enjoy everything that God has in, in heaven, but not in the sweet by and by, right in the nasty here and now, right today. And, and so, so that's why, you know, we, we, during this worship time, these songs are just the word of God put to music which gives us a chance to agree with God, to say the same thing as he does. And so boy, I just encourage you to, uh, you know, be involved in worship and then take that home with you and just keep agreeing with God because, you know, because I'll tell you, God says these amazing things. He calls you his son. He calls you his daughter. He, he says that nothing will ever separate you from his love. So if, if you'll just start saying that, uh, um, uh, you know, that, 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 man, just think how God loves me the same way as he loves Jesus Christ. And don't talk about your mistakes. Don't talk about your regrets because God's love overpowers them all. In fact, it casts every bit of fear out of your life. Yeah, well, you know, God says that, 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 that Jesus bore all your pain, your sickness, your depression, all your anxiety, all the chaos in your life on his body when he is crucified. And so why don't you just agree with him and, and don't talk about being sick. Just talk about how you've already been healed, how, how depression is gone from your life, how you don't worry because Jesus took care of that. And when you get bills in the mail, I mean, you know, don't, don't worry. Don't talk about lack. Man, Jesus, he, he rose from the dead, bearing our poverty and to make us rich. Why, why don't you just talk about being rich? Just agree with God. That, that, that's the way the kingdom of God works. It's just like that garage door. It lets you in to everything God has. And, and you know, I, I, I'm sure you might be going through challenges, but God says that in all these things we triumph. Man, you've already won. Why don't you just talk about winning? Don't ever talk about losing. God made you a winner. See, see, that's, that's, that's why we worship God. That's why it's just, just as simple as agreeing with Him. Man, isn't that awesome? Agree with the creator of the universe. Just like God made everything. And to think that we'd have a better idea than He did about, our, oh man, come on. God's got a great plan, a great destiny for you. If you agree with him, you'll step right into it. Man, well, we're going to move on with the service. Why don't you greet your neighbor here? I'm Dave, part of the staff at church here. But I'm so glad that every one of you people come to church today.
a campus for kids camp, six through six years old through twelve years old, right? I'm thinking. <laughs> Well, man, thank you guys so much for coming to church today. I'm so glad you did. You know, th th this service wouldn't be as good if you weren't here. And man, I, I just want to tell you, you're a great-looking bunch of folks here. And we have such fun during these services. You know, I, I got one announcement to make. Uh, next Sunday, we got something really big starting. It's kids camp. And if you've been around here at all, why that, this kids camp, that's a big deal. And man, the kids have so much fun. Um, if, if you've got children... 6 to 12, that you've not registered for camp? Why, well, talk to Linda or Ryan today. You can still get them registered for next Sunday. Boy, if, if, if you want to have some great fun and be around some kids and you can cook, why, well, we, we need help in the kitchen. Uh, if, if you're interested in that, I mean, you're right up there by Eagle Lake, uh, uh, talk to Linda or Ryan about that also. But that, that's one week from today. The kids' camp is starting. Um, boy, it's my privilege to receive God's tithes this morning. You, you know, we have, uh, well, you, you know Clint Rogers is here today. We're going to have a special offering for him after the service, but, 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 but let me just take about two minutes and talk about our tithe, God's tithes uh, that we have the privilege of, uh, of, uh, of giving today. You know, there, there's an amazing story in the Bible, uh, 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 and this is in Genesis chapter 14 about tithing. And, and, uh, and Abraham is the, is the person in this story. And, and uh, it's just one sentence that really sticks out to me. But what, what, what had happened here is that, that God had helped Abraham supernaturally win this great battle. And he had all the spoils from, this, from four armies. And, 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 and as soon as he got a hold of these spoils, why, he went to find, uh, there, there was one uh, priest that was on the earth at that time. It would be like a pastor, and, uh, uh, and, and this was the representative of Jesus Christ, because he wanted to get the first 10% of those spoils, uh, uh, you know, to give to God. And so he brings them to this priest, and, and, and now this is really neat. Just think, this is over 2,000 years before Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead. But this priest has communion with, with Abraham. They're looking ahead to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You, you know, Abraham is a big deal in the Bible. He's called the father of our faith. And when we got born again, why, we were released into the blessing of Abraham. So, so anyhow, Abraham, uh, he, he brings his tithes. They have communion, but then this priest speaks for Jesus Christ, and he says this to Abraham. So, Abraham, you shared the first 10% with me. Now, you're the possessor of heaven and earth. He actually says that to him. He gives him heaven and earth. I mean, but the same thing's available today. We bring God the first 10% of our income to be in partnership with him, and what God says to you and me is, okay, you, brought, you honored me with that first 10%. Now I'm going to give you heaven and earth. What a deal. You, you can't beat that. Just like Abraham, God calls us the possessor of heaven and earth when we get in partnership with him on this tithe. So, man, i got some ushers here. They, they are going to pass out envelopes. And, and, um, and, and as we give our, our tithe, uh, it's, um, if you're giving cash and you want a receipt, why, why get one of those envelopes? Otherwise, you're making out checks. It's Destiny Church. 
And, and like I said, we're going to have an offering for Clint at the end of the service. This is our tithe right here for the church here. So, so, so let's, take, uh, let's take our tithes, this seed we have, in hand, and we'll agree together in prayer and receive what God said to Abraham, okay? Man, Father God, we agree together. Man, man, here your sons and daughters are, and they're doing just like Abraham. They're bringing you the first 10% of their income to be in partnership with you. And so we just receive what you spoke to Abraham, man. We receive heaven and earth in exchange for this 10% tithe. Man, God, it seems like you're getting ripped off, but we receive it, man. We receive it in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Well, ushers, you can serve the people here. Um, boy, we got Clint Rogers here today. And, and you know, I'm so excited about that. You, you know, we, we've, we've, Clint has been our dear friend here for uh, about, about 15 years now. And the thing I appreciate so much about Clint is he has invested, sowed into our young people. So, so these people like in the worship team that you see now and, 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 and the other ones that, you know, that are, um, that, that are young adults that are running the church here and doing everything. Hey, Clint, we really appreciate when somebody, because we're doing something here. I mean, we're raising up a generation. We're leaving a legacy of faith. And, and, and man, when people like Clint come and help us, that's awesome. Let's give Clint a great welcome. Well, Jesus is alive. It's always a joy to be here at Destiny. And as Pastor Dave was mentioning there, it has been such a joy. 15 years. Yeah, when I want to think about that. I'm like, wow, that's been an awesome journey. Boy, life is a vapor, isn't it? It's just been such a joy. Just love this house, and I love it. It's been an honor to pour into all the young people. I want to thank Pastor Steve and Trish, first off, for that opportunity over the years to pour into. It's such an honor to be a part of what God's doing in this house. And we just finished an amazing youth camp. It started off kind of funky because, you know, you always get the first night, and it's kind of like, you know, the kids are getting used to it. And it's a little, and then you get into it, and it's like, man, God starts moving. Their hearts start opening, and we get to last night, and it's like, yeah! Boom, man, just heavenly deposits. And it's like, yes, it was awesome. But I'm going to let everybody in on a secret. I'll let you in on a secret here. Yesterday morning, we had question and answer session here at youth camp here. And one of the questions that rolled up, one of my favorites that popped up was, are vampires real? <laughs> that was one of my favorites. So right off the bat, when I was answering these questions with the kids, I started off and I read this question. I said, are vampires real? And I tell the kids, I said, yes, they are. All kids leaned in. Wait, 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 what? I said, yes, they are. They walk among us. They said, what? I said, yeah, the reason I went to prison was because of a vampire. It's people that suck the life out of you, suck your destiny out of you. Stay away from vampires. So I'll let you in on the secret. They all caught that. They all remember it. So I said, if your parents or grandparents asked you, what would you learn at youth camp? They're going to say, we learned that vampires are real. So I've let you in on the secret so you can play along. If they say that, you say, oh, man, vampires are real. <laughs> so it was an awesome week, man. God really showed up in just an amazing time. It was an honor to be with them and to pour into them. And this morning, one of the cool things about this trip is that my daughter is here with me. Uh, we had an awesome father-daughter trip. Evangeline, why don't you stand up? Just ask my daughter, Evangeline. 
And so awesome, it's just, she's had an amazing week. We came up this father-daughter time, and Josh and the family, they had come down through Oklahoma last year and just saw us, spent some time with us, which was so great. And then the girls started riding on pen pals and came on. So they've been partying and having a blast here these last few days. And then dad's going to continue on into the cities, and we might just do a Mall of America trip. Yes, and go roll down there. So we're going to have some fun. So we've been having fun on our father-daughter trip. But isn't life all about generations and pouring into the next generation? My daughter's here, youth here. I love that about this house here at Destiny, that this is a generation house. You're looking at building generations, pouring into the next generation. And that's one of the things I've always loved about being here and being a part of what God's doing here. So very honored about what's happening here at Destiny, excited about what God is doing in the generations and seeing them come up. Just as Pastor Dave mentioned, to see those that I remember were going on mission trips years ago and involved in pouring into the youth years ago that are now serving in this house. Man, that's awesome. The next generation, what a joy we can see the next generation rise up and serve God and fulfill their destiny. Wait a second, that's the name of the house. Come on, Destiny! So this morning, I'm going to talk to you about something a little different. I got off, who, who has ever, you know, you've got in there and you're thinking one thing, you're thinking another thing, maybe, you know, wherever you're employed, wherever you're at, you're kind of thinking, hey, this is what we're doing, this and this, and then you mention it, and then like the, you thought you were going another direction, then the boss says, no, this is what you're going to do, boom. You're like, oh, well, you got to listen to the boss. That's the same thing with the Lord. He's the boss, so we always go with the Lord. I had come with this message for this morning prepared when I had come up to Minnesota, and then this week at the camp as I began to pray, the Lord said, no, I want you to talk about this. So we've got to obey the boss and go with him. But one of the things I want to talk about this morning is really lean in. He said, you know, Clint, I want you to share something specifically about what you've been through the last few years. And this will really minister to some of you and really help pour into you specifically is that some of you have heard our story. You've heard us share some of what God has done, what we've come out of. But the interesting thing is what happens when you hit the other side? What happens when we come to the place where here I am, released from prison in my early 40s, come out and we've been totally wiped out financially. Totally wiped out financially. I've got friends who have retirements, things set, things planned, all of this in life, and you're starting over again. You're starting over in life and you come out and now you have failure over your head, you have felony over your head, you have all of these things against you in the natural. I come out here and now we are living, my in-laws had opened their home at the end to our family, so now I'm living with my wife and my kids, we're in their guest house, 50 feet, 50 feet away from their house, they had a small little guest house with two rooms and a bathroom, and that's where we're renting from them. So this is where we start out, a very challenging place. Here I am, you know, as a man. Well, let me tell you one thing. I am so excited because I just came out of prison, so it's like paradise, baby. Yeah! I'm like, ah, oh, I love it. So don't feel too sorry for me. I just came out of prison. I'm like, yes, this is awesome, freedom. But the reality is, is now I have to rebuild my life. And one of the things that had taken place is my wife and I were in survival mode. Oh, we're going to talk to somebody this morning. Have you ever been in survival mode? See, I've experienced where we're at places where you're in the peaks and you're in the valleys and you're just seeing God do amazing things and you're taking ground for God. You're seeing amazing things. But then there's seasons of life where you don't realize is that now you've hunkered down and you're in survival mode. You're just trying to get through today. And that's where we were at. For five years, when we were indicted and then when we were in prison, we were walking in a place in our lives where it was just survival. We needed to get through today. 
It was just the grace to get through that day. It was the finances to get through that day. It was just we needed something from God to get through that day. Well, you know, that's where the children of Israel were. If you look at in the wilderness, they're in survival mode day by day, God providing for them. And then God's saying, you need to take the land. You need to step out in faith. And so this morning, I'm going to minister and help you by sharing my story, our story, and rebuilding our lives to stir you up, to stir you up in this very area when it comes to the issue of understanding that you have to continue to walk forward in faith. So I was praying about this as I come out, and I'm praying and I'm seeking the Lord, and the Lord speaks to me and says, Clint, it's time to get back in faith. Well, I'm thinking, God, I'm a, what are you talking about, Lord? I'm a faith guy, but I knew what he was saying. He's saying, Clint, you've been in survival mode. You've been just making it day by day. You had to hunker down because things got really rough. And Clint, I need you to get out of that. I need you to stop thinking like that. I need you to stop acting like that. I need you to get back to faith. And then I know, oh, yes, Lord, I get it. Yes, the faith that we built the ministry with, the faith that we built our lives with, the faith where we took off there. I was just using my faith day by day in survival mode. Now the Lord's saying, I want you to build again. And there's some of you here today that will help you as you pour in and understand that you may be in that place. You're in survival mode today. Or you've just stopped utilizing faith like maybe you did one day before. And this is for you. So this morning, let's turn to first, actually, let's turn to first Samuel. If you have a Bible with you this morning, we're going to go to first Samuel chapter 17. We're going to talk about a familiar story that you probably know if you've been in the church very long. You know this familiar story with David? Here we are in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 23. 1 Samuel 17, 23. And this is the story of David as he's coming up and his boys, the brothers, they're over. And we know that Goliath is just taunting the nation. And as we come in, let's take a look at this from a different angle, from a different side. Open your eyes today as we look at his word and glance at it with a different light. Because you'll see yourself in the text. You are either in one place or the other today as we look at this text. You are here, right here in these verses. Which one are you is the question. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the honor to stand here at Destiny once again, Lord. We thank you today, Lord God, as your word comes forth, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Stir us, Lord. Challenge us, Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, to walk in faith and to receive your blessings and promises, Lord, that you have for us, Lord. Holy Spirit, your words, your power, for all the glory and honor and praise belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Samuel 17. Let's dive in. 1 Samuel 17, verse 23. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath the name. He was coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. David heard these words just as the other. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills the king will enrich with great riches, and he'll give him his daughter, and his father's house will be exempt from taxes in Israel. Then he says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by, saying, what shall be done for the man? He asked again. Hey, come on, tell me again. I want to hear it. 
And they said, this is what will happen in verse 27. The people answered him in this manner, saying, so shall it be. Verse 28, and his oldest brother, man, he speaks to the men. He's angry. He arouses against David and said, why did you come down here? Why did you leave the sheep? What are you doing here? Now he's challenged at him because he's afraid. And he says this, to, and David says this to him. David said in verse 29, and David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? What I want you to realize today is that all of us are in these verses right here. You're either one or the other today. You're either in the place of David. David showed up on the scene and David saw it through the eyes of faith. He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is this something too big for God to do? Is this too big? Can he not do this? He's looking at it through the eyes of faith. He's seeing it with the light, asking the questions. Tell me again, what will the man receive? What will happen? He's asking questions. The other, the brothers, were like the whole children of Israel. This is the other side. You're either in faith. They were seeing it, number two, by fear. Well, who are you to come in here and start asking questions? We're the ones who've been locked up by this Philistine, this man, this giant that is standing before us. You don't know a thing about what we've been walking through. Who are you to ask questions? And you're either one or the other. You're over here where faith is asking those questions. What's the situation? So what kind of finances do we need? What do we need for that land? What do we need to take care of? What kind of job do you need? What does needs to happen here? Asking questions. Come on, because God can do that. What do you need? Is there a cause? Because I just need to get to the details because we can knock that giant down. That's number one. The other is over here. You're either in that place of faith or the other's over here. Oh, saying, oh, no, it's not possible. Can't do, can't make that. Well, you don't know. You don't know what we've been through. You don't know what the last two years have been like in my life. You don't know what I've walked through. You don't know the hell I've been through. You don't know. And it's all fear-based. It's all in this place where everything's being seen through the lens of fear, being seen by the lens of the experience. We've been the ones taunted. We've been the ones who had to hear it. We've been the ones who've had to stare at this giant. And we all have a choice. The powerful thing is you can be in one position, in the position of faith at one point of your life, and be in the position of fear at another point in your life. So we've all been at both. We can't cast stones because even today if you're walking in faith, doing it right, I'm sure there's times in your life where you've been in fear and been afraid. We all have. So here we were in this place as we're released and I'm out and I'm in this very position just with David understanding there are giants in my life, giants that I see that need to come down. And if that's you today, how do you tackle these giants? How do you overcome these giants in your life that are screaming at you, the impossible? And that's where I came to realize and look at the first thing you need to understand is like David, you need to tackle your giants one at a time. Tackle those giants one at a time and stand in the position of faith. Stand in this position of faith and walk in that position of faith. Faith dares to ask questions. 
Faith dares to ask the hard questions. That's what David was asking. Faith looks at the situation and sees it possible through God. But survival mode can eat away at our faith. While in prison, I was in that place, and understanding as we get out, coming out of survival mode, you first have to change your thinking. So as God spoke to me and he says, it's time, son, to get back in faith, I knew that he was saying, son, it's time to get back in the gym. Come on, Destiny Fitness, baby. You know, get in there, man. It's time to get back in the gym. Who knows? You haven't been in the gym in a while. You're going to get a little sore. You're going to have to push a little harder. You're going to have to work a little harder getting back in the gym, getting fit again. That's the same thing with faith here. Same thing with faith over on this side. Is he saying, no, it's time. You need to start building and feeding your faith. So I started feeding my faith, started listening to that which was building my faith, started stirring my faith up, reading the words specifically along those lines, and elevating myself just like I did the first time knocking down giants in my life. I said, let me elevate. So I started feeding my faith, getting my faith up, getting built up, getting back stirred up. But then I began to realize that it's not just me. I, as the leader of my family, need to bring my wife along the journey too. Because who knows, when I started to begin to share what we're going to do and what we need, the first step is we needed a new vehicle. My wife, the van we had was breaking down. She had had a transmission go out on a times visiting me in prison, things happening. The thing was just really just challenged and it was hard. And every time I talked to her, we get, I said, well, first thing we need to get a new vehicle. Oh, the finances, how are we going to get? Oh, what's she doing? She's thinking survival mode. Can I blame her? We're there. That's where we're at. Her first thought is the finance. How are we going to do that? You see, faith says, I'm not concerned about the how, God will do it. I'm not concerned how big Goliath is. So the first thing I realized, I need to take her on that journey. I needed to get her there. So I said, all right, I'll start stirring her faith, building her up, realize let's just knock out this first giant. We need to get that vehicle. So we step out and we're just working out, building that faith. And I said, listen, we're going to get that vehicle. And I start stirring her up, bringing her up. Oh, hey, why don't we look at some cars online, baby? Ooh, come on, Looking at some cars online, she, oh, okay, that one's kind of nice. I like that one. Hey, that's kind of nice. What are we doing? Now faith's starting to stir up. See, she's starting to see the eyes of faith. And so then I said, well, why don't we go down and just go test drive a vehicle? Come on, faith is going to touch it. Faith is going to drive it. Faith's going to feel it, praise God, even before we own it. Hey, so I said, all right, come on. We're going to go down there and go test drive a vehicle. So we get down, and I said, we're going to take the family. You remember this, Evangeline? <laughs> you remember this? Oh, we go in. The whole family we got in when we test drove the vehicle. So we test drove. We're getting in, and we're driving, test driving the vehicle. And my wife had the vehicle that she wanted specifically. She wanted, man, this Ford Flex. So here we are. We're driving it. We're in driving it, and we're on the test drive. It was nice. It was one of those dealerships that actually let you take the car, and the car salesman doesn't go with you and sell you the whole time. It was so nice. So we went out with the vehicle. They gave us the car, and we stopped, and here we are out there. And I said, listen, right there's a family. I said, we're going to pray a prayer. Ooh, we prayed a dangerous prayer, a dangerous prayer. This is a dangerous prayer that I prayed. I said, Lord. We asked you, give us a vehicle just like this. Just like this, Lord. 
Give us the whole families in there. We prayed. Say, thank you, Lord. Give us a vehicle just like this. Man, just thank the Lord in faith. Said, all right, it's ours. We've got it. Man, walked away, pulled the vehicle back in. I talked to the salesperson, talked to some others, was searching for some other vehicles in the area. Do you know that, man, supernaturally worked out within a week, they'd given us the price on that vehicle, given us zero interest, and we'd walked away with that vehicle. Miraculous, miraculous that we could afford a total miracle. Now let me tell you, that's where we were starting out. Some of you, you need to understand that when you first get going, building your faith again, there's a level of payment faith and there's a level of cash faith. I've been at both. I was back to payment faith. Come on, somebody. I'm just back to that payment faith. Being real with us, where we were a few years back. That was the vehicle that we traveled through here a few years back as a family. God gave us that vehicle, and we drove across the nation with that vehicle. It was a huge blessing, a miracle for us to have good transportation for the family. So I looked at this and realized this was our steps of rebuilding and getting back in faith. Getting here and understanding. Here we are taking down. As God blessed us with this vehicle, we said, I want to talk to you about our next steps and what we did because this is how you get back in in faith. Understand these three simple things. Once I got that first giant knocked down, I knew we got good transportation. Then I knew the next step is we needed our own place and we needed to get out of our in-laws. And every time, all of a sudden, we went through the same series. When I talked to my wife about it, fear tried to grip her. We don't have finances for that. Come on, somebody, I'm getting real this morning here. Here we are, I'm talking about this and what she said. All of a sudden, fear trying to get, boy, why are you asking those questions, David? Why are you doing, oh, Goliath, you don't know what I've been through the last five years. Come on, somebody. So here we are, I said, let me help my wife. We need to elevate our faith. We need to get it. So there was three steps that we did. There was two things specifically we were believing for. One is getting our own place. The other was, we were believing God for another baby because we had tried. We first got out. We just immediately started trying, and we didn't have Angela wasn't getting pregnant all of that time. And I said, well, we're going to believe in faith. God is going to give us a baby. So I said, that's going to happen. So what did I do? These three steps, these are what we did. This is what I did when I was a young man learning faith, the exact same principles. These three steps of faith are number one, faith sees it before you have it. You have to see it. You have to see it. Number one, you have to see it. 1 Samuel 17, 37. Let's read there, continue with David here in this story. 1 Samuel 17, 37, we see here with David. It says specifically here that David, he looks at this, says, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. You see, David already saw it. He already saw it before the Goliath was taken down. He said, with the lion and with the bear. This is so powerful because we understand here that all of those giants before that God knocks down in your life, you need to remember them. Because when I started again, that's what I did. I started looking back in my life. All the miracles, even before we went in survival mode, all the miracles in my life. Because when you start looking back, all those giants that God slayed for you, next thing you know, you're feeling good, baby. Yeah. You're like, oh, come on, come on, Goliath, bring it on. Woo. Come on, I serve the Lord God Almighty. He's got this. But faith sees it, and we're not talking about a physical sight. We're talking about what you see on the inside. 
Proverbs 29, 18 says, my people perish for a lack of vision. You've got to get God's vision. We're not talking about vision of what you see in the natural. We're talking about the eyes of faith. You've got to see it before you have it. You've got to see that in your life. You have to see it specifically. You need to visualize. God gave us an imagination on purpose. One of the worst things that happens to us as we get older, we train the children and the others of, oh, they lose their imagination. God gave you that imagination for you to see through the eyes of faith the impossible in your life. David saw Goliath falling before he ever fell. That's faith. He said, what's Goliath, man? He's already taking on a lion, a bear. He's just a little taller, but God's got him. See, just like that, he's already seeing through the eyes of faith. So I knew that my family, we needed to visualize. You need to see it. So this is the same principle I did as a young man. I would always, my wife, we first got married, I would always hang stuff up on our mirror that we're believing for. That's just me. Why? Because I'm visualized. So I went out and I got a picture of a home like what we're in. I said, now, I said, listen, I put this home up, and I said, just like this, I put the picture up on the mirror right there. I put a picture of a home. And here was the interesting thing. Some of it you determine. You determine with faith because when we got down to looking for a place for us to go and getting our own place, when I first put it up, my wife said, oh, that place is too nice, a place like that. I said, you haven't had a home for five years, baby. You've been living with friends, family. I'm believing for this. God will do this for us, our own place. Well, maybe we should go in an apartment. I said, I believe God will do it for us. We didn't have any finances to do that at all. So I put that up there, Psh, visualize visualize. So I put it up there for us, just like that. Then I took there and went and then she said, hey, all right, we're believing for a baby. Took a picture of Angela pregnant with one of the kids before. Thank you, Lord, for our house. Thank you, Lord, for our new baby. And the kids and all of us, every day, we were seeing that visualizing, visualizing what God was going to do. A place visualizing Angela pregnant. You have to see it. You see, vision brings victory. Vision brings victory. Vision brings victory. If you have no vision, the people perish. If you're not believing for anything, if you're in fear mode over here, you're not visualizing anything. All you see is fear. All you see is Goliath coming. But if you see him knocked down, you see victory. You see like the eyes of faith like David saw, he'll take him down. Vision brings victory. You need to get a vision of it. That's your first step. If you want to see today God move, see God work and knock down that giant in your life, you have to visualize and see it. Number two, it's interesting as Pastor Dave and Pastor Steve's been preaching here, we understand that number two, faith speaks it. Faith speaks it. Faith says it before you have it. 1 Samuel 17, 45, 46. Let's look at it here, 45 and 46. David says here, he says, you come to me with a sword. This is what he's talking to the Philistine. He walks up to him. He says, you come to me with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts, of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. That's faith. All of Israel's standing back. This boy just grabs some stones. He's walking up to him and he says, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. 
Faith sounds crazy, people. Come on now. Faith sounds crazy. Faith sounds crazy. Like the faith that built this house. Come on, we're going to put this up out here. Out in the middle of nowhere, we're going to put this house up. Come on, Pastor Steve. Ah, that's what I'm talking about. Faith. That's faith. Come on. Faith is crazy. No, 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 no. I see it. And I want you to know he saw it before this was ever here. He saw Destiny Fitness before it was ever there. You see, faith sees it. Faith speaks it. You've got to speak it out. You've got to say it. So every day, man, here we are. We're touching those pictures every day. Come to find out my wife is looking at those pictures coming out because we shared. We had two bedrooms, and in the middle was a bathroom. So we would all share this bathroom. So literally the kids are getting out seeing it. They're getting out of the shower, and they're saying, thank you, Lord, for our new home. Thank you, Lord, for our baby, our new baby. Everybody's saying, Angel said she'd touch it each day, say it. I would touch it each day and say it. We would come to our devotion time as a family. We would thank God for it and say it. Now, the third thing is faith acts. Faith acts. Faith gets on the battlefield and takes it. 1 Samuel 17, 50. Let's read it here as we would continue on in the story. Here it says, so David, he prevailed over the Philistine with a sling. He prevailed in a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. And the, other, the thing I love about this is it actually says that David ran. He went towards him. He took off towards him. Faith has action. Faith moves. Faith does. We know James 2.26 says, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. You need to see it. You need to speak it. And you need to act. That's the third thing. That means you need to act and do what God tells you to do. Not only is faith when you speak faith, is it crazy? When you act in faith, it's crazy. Here is a boy with stones in a slingshot that is running at a giant, baby. Woo! Bam! And God takes him down. That's the same thing with stepping. We see that again and again in the Word. The very first miracle Jesus did, we see it with the water turning to wine. They're, they're over there at the feast, and he says, hey, listen, guys, go take those jugs, man. Go ahead and fill them with some water. What? We need wine. You want me to put water in them? Faith acts. Thank God they were smart enough to act. They just went, okay, went over, pulled up, well, gosh, man, water turned to wine. We see it again and again, man, in the scriptures, is those stepping out, is that faith Acts. Oftentimes what God tells you to do in the natural, what God tells you to do doesn't make sense in the natural. He tells you now you've been visualizing it. Now you see it. Now you're speaking it. And now all of a sudden God rises up. He gives you a plan and a strategy. And in your mind you might go, whoa. Wait, you, you want me to do that over here? You want me to invest over here? I've been believing for some added resources. I've been believing for some added finances. Wait, you want me to apply for a job over here? You want me to invest or do this? Oh, you want me to build a home and flip it? You want me, wait, wait, what? You want me to do what? Just some idea that comes out. He gives you a strategy, gives you an idea, gives you something that you need to do. You see, that's where it comes. Faith acts. Faith doesn't sit on the couch. Faith acts, and then God moves. 
So now I'm praying and I'm seeing, I'm like, okay, Lord, we're believing for these things, these strategies. Remember, faith sees through the eyes of faith. We're going, so God opens up a strategy for me with media, going, helping these churches and ministries. So I go over and I approach this big ministry, huge ministry. They're actually worldwide known. God opens up a door with them, and I'm sitting with them and the heads of all this ministry. I've shared with them about my story going to prison, all these things, and I reach out, and God gives me a strategy to help them. God gives me a supernatural strategy, literally shows me exactly what they need to do to help them. And I walk in, and as I share this, lay it down, and the natural, it seems wild. Why would they ever need me to do this two years ago where I just was, what was happening in my life? Come on, faith seems a little crazy. And they knew everything I'd been through, knew everything I walked through, and they say, you know what? We want you to do it, just supernaturally. And that little miracle provided the resources and finances, you know, for the initial push for us to go and move in. We rented a place and we were able to move in and that house looks like the house we're believing for. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. And give a special shout out to Steph here, by the way, pastor's daughter. She's been doing some graphic design work, helping some of these church. She is awesome. Little shout out. Woo, man, tearing it up. Steph in the house. Been a part of that miracle, some of what we've been doing. And we thank God for her. So it's awesome how God just did this. He supernaturally opened up this door to help this ministry. And it also at the same time provided the finances for us to move into this place. That was last summer. And the same thing that happened last summer is at the same time, all of a sudden July rolls around and pregnancy tests. Somebody is pregnant. And this spring, we just had Rosalind, your sister, <laughs> number three. We just had a baby, praise God. So Rosalind just came in. Yes, praise God. Praise God. I actually think Angela mentioned that when she was here in the women's too, didn't she? She were believing God for a baby. I think she did. Yeah, that's right. She did. So that's that miracle, praise God. Guess what? Every day she was looking at right there a picture of herself pregnant. We're speaking the word. Guess what? Visualize it. Say it and do it. Who knows? We put some action to that. Amen. So hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We see here that number one, we've got, you understand that right here, you've got to see it. You've got to say it. And you've got to act. There must be in those areas, faith obeys the Lord, what he says to do. Now let me ask as we break this down the story today, as we break this down and we're sharing in our lives what God's done for us and beginning to visualize again. And let me tell you, it's not over for us. I'm just slaying giants. I'm still going up the hill, still climbing out, still building, still taking ground for the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I want to be like Joshua and Caleb. Caleb, when he was old, he's like, man, I still got this, baby. My God, I'm taking that mountain. He was still in faith. He was still in the side of faith. May we be there in our old age, but we can choose today which side we are. Are we on the side of fear with the giants in our life, or are we on the side of faith? Because I've been in both. Like I said, at times in my life, I've been caught, hunkered down in fear, and at times I've been in faith. But I want you to know it's a lot better to be in faith than taking down giants. Because it's not fun to be the person that's hunkered down and the devil's shouting at you every day. And the circumstances are shouting at you every day. And they're screaming at you every day. And you're just hunkered down. You're stuck there. There's no way out. It's a lot better to be over here. And I said, devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. That giant's coming down. 
Finances, you're changing. You know what? Body, physically, it's changing. I don't care what's going on. I see it. Faith sees that. You need to see yourself set free. You need to see yourself healed. And I'll end with this simple story of faith that happens so quickly in the area of physical. I, I just never forget it to this day because it was so quick. Many times that battle of faith, for instance, finances and others, it may take a process of time. But here we were financially, you know, I'm talking about these what God did. But what about seeing physical miracles? You need a miracle in your body. You need something there. You need God to do something. We saw where I was up in northern Arizona, and there was a woman who came in a wheelchair, and I was ministering to her, and just, man, ministering to her, and I come up, and I said, listen, can you see yourself healed? Well, I hope so. I hope God will heal me. I pulled out the scripture. I said, by his stripes you were healed. That means you're healed. You're already healed. I said, do you believe that? Yeah, I believe that. Okay. All right, why don't you close your eyes? You know what? Can you see yourself walking out of here today? No, I can't. Woo. All right, let's go back to the scripture here. I said, Jesus, he said, by his stripes you were healed. That means that you're healed already. He's done it for you. Why don't you close your eyes? Woo, you know what? Right now, that means Jesus has healed you. Can you see yourself walking out of here? We had done it a few times, and finally she says, yes, I can, with her eyes closed. What happened? She visualized it. Step number one. She visualized it. Faith sees it before you have it. The woman's in a wheelchair. She can't move. And now I just said, I said, do you believe Jesus will heal you and do that for you today? Number two, she said, yes, I can see him doing it for me today. Ooh, come on now. She's got two steps, one to go to a miracle. There she is. She visualizes it. She's in a wheelchair. Eyes are closed. She is not walking. Her husband's standing behind her. She cannot walk. Now she sees, visualizes herself walking. She said Jesus will do it for her today. Right now she sees herself walking out of there today. Last step is action. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. And man, we pull her up and she starts woo, pushing herself up. Man, power of God pushing herself up. She's acting her faith, man, acting her faith. And that woman got up. I want you to know she walked out to her car that day healed and whole. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, Jesus Christ is real. He has a miracle for you. Whatever the giant is in your life today, he wants to slay it. And he wants to do it with you and for you. He's already done it. You just got to believe those three steps. Visualize, speak it, and act. So on that note here, can we have the praise and worship team come up here today, if you would? And we would just have everyone just bow their heads, if you would, with us here today. First off, we just ask if there's anybody here you're not right with God, or you've never asked Jesus your Lord and Savior. I know many of you here are believers, but if there's someone here that maybe you were brought, you don't know Christ, or you're not right with God, you need to get right with God. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, would you just be bold, lift your hand, say, I need to get right with God. Wherever you are, I need to get right with God. If that's you, all right. Yep, yep, that's you. Lift your hand right now. Okay, good. That means we got all believers in the house. With heads bowed, eyes closed. Now let's look right now with your eyes closed. With your eyes closed in an attitude of prayer. I want you to see and visualize what you need God, that giant you need him to knock down. This is the first step. What you're believing for in your life right now. Maybe you haven't been on the side of faith. You've been on the side of fear. It's time to let it go. I want to let you know that today Jesus has already done it on the cross. He's already bored. He's already won the victory. Vision brings victory. Vision brings victory. Right now, see the Lord doing it for you. Right now, see that giant being slayed. Right now, see that financial miracle taking place in your life. See that new job. See that new stream of income that you're believing for. Right now, see that physical condition changing in your body. 
Yeah, see it taking place. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See it through the eyes of faith. That's it. That's it. It's coming. You got it. Thank you, Lord. We see those giants coming down, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We see them coming down, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Now you need to speak it and you need to act. What I want to do is I don't want to end without a time right now. As you continue with your eyes closed, you continue to visualize it. You need to speak it. Some of you, you need to put something up on your mirror. Some of you need to put that scripture up on your mirror. What I did that I mentioned as well, I didn't mention, is I also put a scripture with it. I put a scripture and I put visually what we're believing for. And I put thank you God for it. I want to let you know right there, you need to do that. Visualize it every day. See it every day. Speak it every day. And act and do whatever the Lord tells you to do. And he'll perform it. He'll make it happen. Now I just want to take a moment because we're here for ministry before we wrap it up. Everyone can look right up here. Anyone that needs prayer for anything, if that's you, we'll pray for you right now. You need a miracle in your body. You need a touch. You need a prayer for anyone. Is anyone that's you can come to the altar right now. We'll pray for you. of it let's just maybe worship as we just pray for just take a moment just to pray for anyone who wants prayer real quick and let's just if we can just sing one worship song for the Lord to pray let's do it thank you
Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. And this is my confidence. You've never failed me. Your promise still stands. Great.
Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We magnify you. Jesus, you're awesome. We thank you for victory, 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 victory. We thank you, Lord God, that vision brings victory, Lord. We worship you and magnify you, Lord. And now as you go, as you go, remember, you must see it, you must speak it, and you must act. See it, speak it, and act. Vision brings victory. But it's your job to go and take the victory with the Lord. God bless you. We love you guys, Destiny. And I want you to know that He can give you today a new future. We hope this message has been a blessing to your life. A copy of this message and additional Destiny Church materials are available at destinychurchexit77.org.